0: to learn is the importance of putting everything into the light, not being afraid of that. And even in our worship, even though we can all, we all see each other and there has, there is such a strength to that. If you were here last Sunday, worship was, I was just so grateful. Like we try to worship Jesus and yet he still touches us. He's still good to us. He still moves. And so today, even as we are in this open space, remember that the others that we are worshiping with are sojourners. I can't stress it enough. It's so important to remember that the people that we look at are people that are walking maybe a different journey, yet the same journey towards Jesus. Just one more step, one more step today. So let's pray. Would you pray with me today, church? Oh God, I thank you that you have made us be able to access you so intimately that we can call your name directly and you hear us i thank you that you haven't been waiting on the outskirts of this building to judge our openness or to judge our worship to see if you're going to dip a toe into this room i thank you that as each person came down that deck with all of life that they were carrying i thank you that you were walking in with them that you were welcoming them in and most of all, that you cherish the worship, God. We we so much want to offer you words that have truth to them, to honor who you are, to speak of who you are in a world that speaks so many other things. But God, I thank you that even as we, we try to attempt to honor you, you remind us that you cherish your time with us. And so God, as we find our words today and we find our footing beneath us, I pray, God, that every word we echo in worship today would be stirred inside of us to become a little bit more a part of us, a little bit more of what we truly know you to be, God, that when we leave here in an hour, you have done a deeper work than we even knew could be possible. And I pray, Father, that our roots will go deep and they will go wide in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you, church.
1: church, let's proclaim this song together, that in Jesus' name, every single thing, every plan of the enemy, every weapon formed against you, it shall not prevail. It is under the feet, under the blood, covered by the cross of our blessed Savior.
2: powerful then. And so, Jesus, we cry out to you. It's not by might. It's not by our power, but it's by your spirit. You've disarmed the foe. You've shattered sickness and disease, Lord God. You've you've set the addict free in the name of Jesus. Depression's got to flee because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And so, this morning, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. There's no one like you. Daddy, today we surrender. We surrender our self-reliance. Our sense of self-righteousness. And we cling to the cross. By your stripes, Jesus. By your stripes, Jesus. We are healed. Jesus, your word says this. That you came to destroy the work of the devil. So we stand in that today, that completed work. The song that we sang, Daddy, let it be a proclamation of our hearts. Every every battle we're facing today, the victory is already yours. Whether it's physical, emotional, relational, economic, Lord God. Every victory is yours in Jesus' name. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise, and we're going to praise you before the answer comes. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, give God one shout of glory. Father, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You're worthy this morning. In you, Jesus, we have the victory. Woo! Oh, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, I hope you believe that this morning. I hope that is more than just a song. I love that that, that, that worship song is powerful. Jake and I were talking about it just yesterday, like, 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 it doesn't matter how you came in this morning, but you start singing that song, something stirs inside of you. What's stirring inside of you is not simply emotion. What's stirring inside of you is the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says that when we begin to worship God, the Spirit of God begins to stir. So I'm praying, I'm praying and I believe with you today that whatever battle you're facing today, whatever you've gone through this week, even if you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, even if you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, faith says it is so even when it's not so, so that it will be so. Jesus Christ is the victor. You are more than a conqueror, Jesus. I hope that's the faith you have this morning that you're bringing in. We're believing for breakthrough this morning. Are you believing for breakthrough? I hope you I'm so glad you came to Connect Church, but I hope you didn't come to a church service. I hope you came to celebrate a king. Man, he rose and he reigns. Do we need to say any more? He rose and he reigns. What a great God. Well, hey. As you're going to be seated, can you just give somebody next to you an air high five or a, maybe an elbow bump or a say hi to somebody? Woo! Ooh, I just want them to come back up and keep singing. Ooh. Yeah, we just want to let you know before we go any further, uh, if, the, if you are a guest here this morning, thank you for being here today with us. It is so good to have you in the house with us. And just before you get a, a little worried, the stage spins. So every couple of moments, if you're looking at the back of the chairs, you'll be looking at our faces, which maybe you'll want to look at the back of the chairs then. But that's, it'll spin around. It's gonna, we'll get to you. And the reason, by the way, that we put this in the, in the center isn't just to have a cool new approach. You're not sitting in chairs that are nice because we want to have a cool new approach to church. It's because this is a message that the Word and worship are in the center of community. That even though we are probably more uncomfortable today worshiping, looking at one another than we were before when the lights were off and the, you could do it in darkness, there's something powerful about knowing you're a sojourner with people. Christianity was never meant to be a lone ranger, a moment. It was meant to be a community lived out together. Amen. So that's why the word and worship is in the center of it all, because everything else will fade away, but the word of God stands forever. Amen. You know, we're going to take just a family moment because uh, we want to pray for a couple that's been a part of our lives for so long and a part of this house for so long, and I'm going to ask. Uh, John and Adrian Hernandez to come on up for a second Um, and well I'm gonna ask Willow to bring up uh, John and Adrian if if I love little Lois, she's so cute Um, John and Adrian uh, for many of you may some of you may know have been with us for it seems like forever they were both teenagers when they got here Uh, they uh, Adrian got saved here John rededicated his life here they met here they got married here. They've had three children here. They've been on team with us uh, for so long um, and have been a part of so many lives in this room, so many that are watching uh, at home today. Um, and uh, AGE has worked with uh, Thy Kingdom Crumb as well, which is uh, our, our food truck ministry that we do in partnership with Carson Wentz's A1 Foundation. And today, today's a day of uh, mixed emotions for us. Um, because we're uh, we're excited for them. Um, they, John and Adrian, are. This is their last Sunday here today, because they're going to Indianapolis uh, to um, help form AO1. I mean, uh, work with AO1 and start uh, TKC, That Kingdom Come, in Indianapolis. And uh, and I know, isn't that awesome? It's, it's such a great. Uh, but. These guys know it's always, from the moment that we started this ministry, it's always been the vision of this ministry to extend to other cities and bring not only good food, great food, but to bring the gospel. And we say it all the time that, you know, the food is the means, but the end is Jesus. Like, we don't do it just to give away food. We do it because Jesus Christ is king, and we want to find ways to tell people, show them that we love them in real ways. And so uh, they've got a big task ahead of them. A uh, real big task ahead of them, uh, and um, being out there uh, in Indy. So, can we pray? We we guys pray with me for them. Yeah. We're gonna pray. We're gonna just lay hands on them. We're gonna pray together for them. And uh, if you feel comfortable, you can just stretch out your hand towards them. And there's something about the power of corporate prayer, of in agreement. Daddy, we stand before you. We thank you for John and Adrian. We thank you. For Mav and Bash and Loey, Lord God, we thank you that you are directing their footsteps. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called them by name, that you have them engraved on the very palm of your hand, Lord God, that... That the, 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 the path that you have before them is going to be led by the Holy Spirit. That, there's, that you're going to open doors that no man can open and shut the doors that need to be shut. That you're going to open their eyes, Lord God, to see your miraculous hand at work in the name of Jesus. You're going to open their ears to hear your voice leading and speaking wisdom. We're, we're praying that signs and wonders, miracles and signs and wonders follow them as they give out the love of Jesus to people left and right. Father, I pray that you bring Aaron and hers around them to lift up their arms, Lord God, in the middle of the battles, in the middle of the, uh, uh, of the issues, that they may see the victory. As we said today, the victory is yours. Daddy, this is about taking new ground. Taking new ground, not just in another city, but taking new ground in lives, in generations, Lord God, in legacies that will be passed down, in families that are far from you. Now they're going to be brought to the cross. Father, I pray for anointing on these two to do what only the anointing can do. And Father, we're not saying goodbye. We are saying until we meet again. Bless them. Keep them. Let your face shine upon them. Order their footsteps as you order the footsteps of the righteous. And let everything that they put their hand to may it prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. And together in faith we say amen, amen. and amen. Amen, amen. <laughs> Guys, we love you. Love you, dude. Uh, I, know, I know we're not supposed to be hugging, but we're hugging anyway. So, <laughs> love you, baby girl. Guys, can you thank them for all the years of amazing ministry they've given us? Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember the first Sunday Adrian actually came to church. I actually remember the second one too because the first one she was shell-shocked and the second one she was raising her hands in worship. And I remember her telling me she just said I came in and I saw she's like I never came to a church like this. Never knew this is kind of how we could worship God and she said I said, well, I saw you worshiping, your ha- raising your hands. She said, yeah, well, I saw everybody else do it, so I thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> There's something powerful about, um, that. that's why it's important we worship together. You can put your worship tape in. I hope you do tape. Uh-huh. All right, whatever. <laughs> you can put your worship eight-track in. There's something powerful about when we get together. It's why the Bible says lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. It's why it says clap, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Something happens when we get together. Yes. Don't ever take for granted what happens when this begins to move. Yes. Welcome to a move. We're going we're gonna to hop into the, are you guys ready for the word this morning? We're going to hop into the word. We've been, uh, yeah. New Bible wave, the Bible wave, (laughs) the Bible wave. Uh, um, Look, since you have your Bibles, that's good. Uh, Can you open up with me to to John chapter 16? John chapter 16. John is the fourth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, And obviously John is a disciple of Jesus from uh, the very beginning. And if you need a a title for today's message, today's going to be, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about something that is in our real in our world in a big way but if you need a a, a title it's the well of mental wellness the well of mental wellness Jesus is the well of life he's the spring of living water that changes things he's the one that actually brings transformation not just salvation let me say that again Jesus is the well that brings transformation not just salvation salvation is an act that happens when we surrender transformation happens when we continually surrender and you know this week D and I have been talking a lot about this you know after we uh, watching the Olympics and and some of the struggles that athletes are struggling with uh, around not just athletes but so many people are struggling with lately they remind us that of the role that anxiety can play in our lives and whether that anxiety is real or whether it's perceived it carries a weight to it. There's, there's a weight to it that uh, can shape our decisions. It can rob our joy and our peace. It can even bring a sense of paralyzation sometimes. We get so anxious that we don't do anything. And that's the reality of what's going on. I know I would say to Dee, I was raised as a, in an athletic home. And in an athletic home they always say this, you know, uh, kind of like, drown out the noise, right? Don't uh, just, just block out all the noise. And it's to it's, it's teach you to know, block out the noise that would make you anxious. And it's, it sounds good. But to be honest, it doesn't work. The problem is, I think, that that has become the prevailing ideology in our world today. Just ignore the situation. Block out what seems to be making you anxious and nervous. But it doesn't work. And I think that mental health has become kind of a central issue in the pandemic world today and in this, as we try to navigate the post-pandemic or mid-pandemic or wherever we are in this world today, it's become an issue and things that used to, we used to, were talked about kind of in hushed tones, right? Or maybe never talked about at all, like mental health, like anxiety, worry, stress, the number one cause of sickness in our world today, stress. Depression. Because when I was growing up, depression, you were like, what's wrong with that guy? He's depressed. Or counseling was, they're going to counseling. And yet these are the things that as we look around our world today, that are striking every person and probably most people that are in this room today. So why not talk about them? Because Jesus certainly talked about them. How do we deal with anxiety? How do we truly find peace and define peace in a world that is this constant stream of stress, fat, fat, stress factors that are pushing on us in so many different ways? It's kind of like walking through a bramble field, you know, with, with, with sticky, you know, remember those little sticky things that used to stick to you? And, and oh, I, I've made a few steps and I didn't get stuck. Yeah, keep walking. You're going to end up having them all over. It's, there's so many factors right now. So today, Dee today and I just want to spend a little time talking about how do we deal with anxiety. Because Jesus is not shy about talking about it. He's not shy about talking about the scenarios that, that affect us emotionally. And I think we've seen over the last two weeks that the cares of this world can uproot us. They can, they can undermine our stability right? Isn't that what the good the the cares of this world can uproot us, can help us that keep us from standing when we need to stand. And so it's important that we talk, because the the cares of this world just seem so generic, but it's not. Depression is a care of this world. Worry is a care of this world. Anxiety is a care of this world. And it happens in real life for each and every one of us. So we have to learn how to deal with it before it undermines us in such a way that when the trials come, we are unrooted and uprooted, and we fall rather than stand. But what I love about Jesus and what we're going to look at today is that Jesus is not only unafraid to talk about those situations, He actually brings hope for those situations. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, just give it all to Jesus. That is a simple answer to a much bigger, deeper question. So we're going to talk about that today for a little bit. Let me read. We're going we're to read here in John chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 1 and 2 and then hop down to verse 30. Um, he said, Jesus says this, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. Falling away. He's talking, if you read all the the scripture before this, he's talking about all these stressful situations, anxious situations. Keep you what? From falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. They'll put you out of church. And indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. How many of you know that is not a church growth platform, right? Hey, I got good news for you. Come to our church. People are going to kill you, right? But... Jesus is saying, he's not saying if these things happen. He's saying, I want to give you a heads up that there's going to be some real tribulation in your life by following me. But I don't want you to be afraid from that, and I don't want you to fall away, because let me give you the answer. Verse 30, he says, his disciples said to him, now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, and indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, living in isolation, not being able to see other people. Come on, somebody. Does that sound familiar to anybody right now? Kept from community. And, and, And you will leave me alone. You'll even leave me out. You won't even be interested in having me be a part of it. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Do you, I think, and that's what we just saying about, but do you, I think for me, what adds to this, to put it in context, which makes it so beautiful, is that Jesus is saying this just hours before he's going to be arrested. Just a few hours before he's going to face the most stressful thing in all of history, the cross. He's saying this, and when he ends saying this, he walks further in the garden, and he himself goes through all anguish. And yet, in the midst of all of it, he doesn't have to ignore the fact that there's going to be stressful situations to have peace. He's saying, I got it. I understand things will cause anxiety. But I got you but I got you, come on somebody, but I got you, and there's peace.
0: Um, remember what, what Kyle just said about Jesus sharing this before, right before the cross, remember that, because we're gonna go back to the concept of before. Um, and I also wanna just say, you know, we, we don't know how long we're gonna be talking about this. I, I was, I'm very grateful for the people who prayed for us this week for our message because uh, we ask for you guys to pray for us because we don't have some sort of clear plan schedule of this series and that series. and We truly are asking God in the moments that we are all experiencing life to help us know what to talk with you about yeah. and how to talk with you about it. And we're not doctors. This is not medical advice that we're giving, but we do believe that if anyone knows about the pilgrimage of the soul, what we need to move through from soul to spirit, it's God. Yes, And he has a lot more, uh, he has a lot more of himself shared in the word about this than we probably give him credit for. And so if I was to ask you today Um, how many of you have dealt with, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, don't worry, but we should all, if we were being honest, but if how many of us have dealt with anxiety somewhere within the last 72 hours? I could have probably said 25 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But in the last uh, 72 hours, I'm gonna (laughs) give everybody a nice buffer, right? Now, not not the anxiety that you feel like, oh, I forgot to get gas, I gotta remember to get gas after church today, or I'll be, not that kind. Con- I'm talking about scenario specific anxiety, right? Yeah, yep. And you know what? It, and as, as much as this is uh, probably not the smartest thing to do, because then we could lose a lot of people who start thinking all about the thing that you are stressing out about, but think about something that legitimately has caused you anxiety, yes. um, that is causing you currently anxiety. Just think about that. Now, What did we do when I asked us that question, are we struggling with anxiety? We basically took an inventory of our internal state of the union just now, right? We just kind of like, well I don't know, like am I feeling anxiety or not? Or oh yes, yesterday was a really bad day, I remember what I was feeling. And we start to define things not how Jesus is teaching us to define them, but how our very real emotions are defining them to us. And we're not even consciously aware of everything that's going on. So somewhere we have bought this notion that our ground zero state of being is peace. That's where I am at the bottom, of my foundation of who I am. And then scenario upon scenario upon scenario builds on top of that and we feel anxiety. And you can use whatever word that you wanna use for that, but I think y'all, when I say anxiety, if you know, you know. Right. And so then what we've now done, if that's our belief, like, oh, okay, I wish I could just get to this, right? But all these layers are saying that I'm not here, I'm here. We are now letting that dis-ease define even what peace is. Because we didn't start off saying like, oh, let me see, what, do I sense anxiety and do I have peace based on the word? We went with how we were feeling. Yep. Right. And the enemy is so tactical, is that a word? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> tactical in his approach that without us even being aware of it, people who are so well-intended, people who love Jesus, is letting Satan define to them what wellness is. Wow. So this is time for us guys not to feel shame about that. It's for light bulbs to go on, right? Because this is, this is, this is the thing what happens is we go, oh, well, oh, I guess I do do that. And then his, great, his greatest weapon, shame, comes in through that door and we get embarrassed instead of being relieved because he is bringing things into the light. Yes. So very, very rarely if I ask someone to define them what peace is, do they explain the person of God to me? Wow. God calls himself peace. Yes. In his word. That's right. He doesn't just say he simply offers peace. Come on. He says he is peace. Yes. So when I ask someone, all right, well, you've just taken inventory of your internal well-being to figure out if you have ang- any anxious anxiety and but talk to me about peace, you would probably say if those anxious scenarios were removed, I would be back to peace but do you see what's just happened there? What has defined what peace even is? Yes. So then you come to church because you're trying not to be anxious. <laughs> and then we keep talking about very real life. Yeah. Very real things. I mean, it's almost for me at this point that the pandemic is that, oh, that's right. And we are also going through a pandemic. I know. Because of the level at which our society and our global society is suffering so what we say is well i want to go to church because i want to feel better but that's what believers do they go to church get their fill leave live their lives but disciples say all right it might be uncomfortable here in the light but i cannot perpetuate the shackles of denial yes because it's messing with my peace yes And I've had so many people say, like, "Listen, the less I know, the better I have a chance of feeling. (laughs) The less I know, the better I feel." Like, I don't want to talk about this all the time, or I don't want to talk about this tonight. I just want to take a break from. You know, I've heard this in our in our racial implosion. I've heard our white community say, like, "Can we just go a moment without talking about that?" No. (laughs) The answer is no. Because this isn't something that we take off and hang on a hanger right. until we're having a better day and we want to talk about this. This is twenty-four-seven people's lives.
3: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
0: We have to realize yep. it, church. Yeah, it's right. not just a pandemic. Yes. Right. It's not just political uncertainty. It's not just financial ruin for people. It's their very being yes. that yes. is being attacked. Yes. yes. That is being that is being come at with this sense of anxiety. So we say, I just don't wanna know things, but we, the word tells us that he is the way of peace. Yes. So now what are we gonna do? Because, the, because we're thinking the less I know, the less I have to be responsible for, the less I have to be stressed out about, I got enough things that I have to know about that I'm stressed out about. Don't talk to me about the things that I don't really wanna talk about. But God says that freedom is in the light. Yes. So we, we can't be afraid to step into the light because that's where peace is truly defined for us, as well as anxiety. Remember when I said hold on to that before thing that Kyle talked about? So anxiety is defined by a persistent worry or fear that we carry. That's about as loose of a term as that is assigned to anxiety. It's persistent worry or fear that we carry. And so if I was to say to you, think about one of those things that is connected to you inside with your anxiety, think about it for a second. If I don't need to give you more than five seconds, to think about it, <laughs> right? So I would bet that even though a scenario is in front of your memory right now, is in front of your mind, what's ultimately disturbing you is the loss that you see attached to what you are potentially anxious for. Yes. Just hear me out about this, okay? So do you understand what I'm saying? So think like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because there is a rumor going around about me at my workplace, and I'm concerned that my integrity is at stake at work, and my bosses and the powers that be are going to believe the lie, and I'm going to lose my job over it. Right? Just that's a very. But what we're really anxious about is the end result of that scenario coming to fruition. Yes. Because we've all lived through some people believing something about us that's a lie. Correct? Totally. We're all still here. (laughs) So it didn't take us out. Right. We know we can survive that. Right. But what we're questioning we can survive is the ramifications of that loss. Why am I making the differentiation? Because I wonder, church, if we are not so much dealing with anxiety, but if we are dealing with unidentified anticipated grief. Anticipated grief. Because if you think about grief, it's acute pain from loss. So in real life, think about if you're grieving someone you lose the person, you feel grief, and then you grieve. But when we're talking about anxiety, we have anxiety, we experience it, and we don't know what to do with it. Maybe that's because it's unidentified anticipated grief. Because grief is meant to be grieved. Are you with me? I know that this is deep okay but that's what happens because we start doing things like this well my anxiety is very high today I will tell you what yesterday Kyle was like well we we can't talk about this tomorrow if you're still in the condition that you are (laughs) why because anxiety is real it's not made up It's, it's it's trying to live amongst us yes so we call it my thing like all of a sudden it's my pet like, it's allowed in my house because it's mine, and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it. But God never wanted us yep. to call grief ours. He gave us the capacity to go to His Word yes. and see how we can move yes. through yes. the grieving process to get to the place yes. that says, It is well with my, my soul. soul. Yep. But as long as we keep calling it at my anxiety, mine, yep. and we don't recognize that Jesus talked to us about that in his before state, in his anticipated yes. grief state, we will think that we must cohabitate with this very real anxiety. Yes. But if God has access to us, he will help us begin to grieve things even though they haven't happened yet, yes. because they are real to our soul. Yes. Yeah. But our spirit is not being given a chance to testify of the truth, that we will know the truth, Yes. not know freedom from anxiety. Mm. We will know oh, the, the truth, truth. Yeah. and the truth, truth was, capital T, the person, yes. the peace. Yes. He will set, set us, us free. free. Yep. So we go in this vicious cycle yes. of trying to get anxious situations off of us because we think our base is this. But our base is this, my human capacity to handle a different situation than that comes yes. that brings anxiety. And another factor that brings anxiety, and another person I stand to lose that could cause me. And we don't say grief. Yes. Anxiety, we've normalized anxiety, but we cannot normalize our lack of attention to it in the church because that's not healing.
1: That's
0: talking right. about it all the time is not good or bad. Talking about how God wants to come into it yes. is good. Yes. Not talking about yes. that is bad. Yes. yes And in the word, I'm going to give it over to Kyle now, but in Philippians 4 6 and 7, yep. these types of verses, church, they take on new meaning because he says, I, I don't want you to be anxious. Be worry about nothing at all. Yes. Yep. But in prayer and supplication with thanks, make your requests be made known unto God. Okay, so we quote that, but listen to what he's saying. Don't try to handle this anxiety. You've got to bring your grief to me. Yes. And so many of us, church, are trying to just cohabitate and learn how to handle our anxiety. Yep. And that was Satan's point all along, to break your intimacy with Jesus. Yes. That is what is at stake here, because the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. So if anxiety breaks down your oneness with Jesus, your understanding that you can be intimate with him, that he can make certain things well with your soul, if he can get to that, he's done his job. Because we've stopped talking to Jesus about the things that are weighing on us anyway. Correct. He doesn't Correct. need to even talk to us about more things. Just as long as he's made it so that we don't talk to God about yes. all of the yes. things. Yes. And give yes. him an opportunity to show us. Because there's times where God will be like, okay, Danielle, take it to the end. Take it all the way to the wall. The thing that you're talking about. And he gives me grace because he'll say the thing that you're talking about. Not the thing that you're talking to me about. Right but the thing that you're talking about in your mm. mind that's just talking. Wow. You're just talking. Sometimes you'll label it prayer, but it's basically just mental stressing. Yes. So take that thing, Danielle, and talk to me and bring me into it because that's, take it, when you take it to the wall, like, I'm not going to lie, there is, there, there's real stuff going on for people in our yes. world. Yeah. There 100%. is real life. Yes. And I was talking to him about death and God, and I saw he was like, well, what? You know, what if this happens to us, God? What if that happens to us, God? What if this? He said, like, take it to the wall, Danielle. And I was like, I had to get to a place where I was like, oh, well, then you know what? I'll I'll have peace because now I know. Oh, so that's how I'm gonna go. <laughs> now, d- I'm not being cavalier. I'm trying to get a like. What's th- what's the wizard behind the curtain? How bad is it? Is it, is it worth losing intimacy with God over? The thing that's giving you anxiety, the things that are giving you anxiety, take it to the wall. Take the curtain away from it. What's the worst thing that could happen? And I can hear some of you sound like me. Inside. What's the worst that could happen? Let me tell you. And will you die? Maybe. And then will you be with Jesus? Yes. And that answer had to matter more to me than everything I was trying yes. to keep in my control yes. to alleviate yes. the anxiety and also keep control of the things I feared losing.
2: Yeah, it's good to. You. Yeah, we we can't emotionally medicate what we can only spiritually eradicate, and a lot of times we try to emotionally medicate ourselves and rather than truly bringing spiritual eradication to it. And why we're saying why we're bringing this to light is. Um, because it's, it happens in all of us. Yep. Like, this is real. Like, and, and that verse that Dee talked about is so easily thrown out at people. Like, when you say, I'm a little bit anxious. And people well, you, you shouldn't be anxious. And now I'm more anxious about shouldn't, I shouldn't be anxious, right? It's like, now I've got guilt and anxiety. Now, now I've got condemnation and I'm worried. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess I'm not as good of a Christian as I should. No, no. Paul says don't be anxious because people are. Human nature that is rebelling against kingdom nature is always going to lend itself to anxiety. So, the reality is for us not to deny our, our anxiety, it's actually to uh, and not try to emotionally medicate it, but actually learn how to spiritually handle it. Yeah. And, and I think what's so beautiful about this whole text is that it doesn't start uh, in verse one of this chapter, it actually starts three chapters before this. In, at the, in, in, in John 13, at the end of the Last Supper, right? Um, and, and at the conclusion of the Last Supper, they start walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus starts to talk to them, starting chapter 13, about everything bad that's going to happen. He's like, uh, someone's going to betray me. Someone else is going to deny me. Uh, you're not going to handle these situations well. I'm going to die. The whole world's going to, you know, your heart's going to be troubled. There's going to be all these tribulations and situations that are going on, like, that's, he, he's hitting this head on, mm-hmm. he's hitting this head on, and he, and he's talking to them about all of the stuff that's going to cause anxiety and stress in their life, and then he says, oh, by the way, in the midst of it, I want to let you know, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, right. and then, oh, right. again, in the next chapter, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and oh, while you're troubled, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Yep. And that Holy Spirit's going to be a comforter and a counselor. Why does God send a comforter and a counselor? Because He understands what life is throwing at you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because at times I need to be comforted. Why? When I'm in discomfort. When I, I, why do I need a counselor? Because there's things I don't know how to get through on my right. own. Right. Like this is what Jesus is saying. And He's hitting this issue on the swirling circumstances and how they collide with our emotional and mental well-being. And he's saying this, he's saying this while his soul is in so much agony and anguish, so much anxiety, that he literally walks a little further after he says this last word. He says, oh, by the way, I've overcome the world, so have some peace. And he walks a little further, and he's so overcome, he sweats blood. He bursts uh, capillaries in his head and starts sweating blood, crying out about what he's going to have to face. And what hit me yesterday it was just what I thought was kind of jumped out at me, I, never, I didn't realize before, is that John spends, John spends four chapters out of the 21 chapters of his entire book that covers three years of Jesus' ministry. 20% of his book is spent about these four chapters chapters. You're going to have stress. You're going to be anxious. You're going to worry. You're going to want to deny me. You're going to want to betray me. You're going but I got the Holy Spirit, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Why I think that's so important is because Jesus says, I understand the things that can steal your peace. So I want to bring peace to you. I want you to be aware that the enemy does not have ground here. This is not his inheritance. It's my inheritance. Peace is not something he has the right to steal because it is my presence. It is part of who I am in your life. It's part of what I bring to you. And I think the good news for me is that Jesus wasn't afraid to address it. I, I think that's really cool that Jesus tells us that peace is not found in denying that we're in a situation, but it's found by what we bring into that situation. Let me say that again. It's not found in denying that we're in a situation or that the situation isn't so bad or it's not going to be that, what, it's not that big of a deal. It's what we bring into that situation with us. Jesus said, in me, there's peace. Yup, there's going to be tribulation. Yup, there's going to be problems. But in me, when you bring me into that dark situation, when you bring me into the troubled heart, when you bring me into that anxious mind. Why is he saying that? Because the troubled mind, the, ang- the, the, the troubled heart, the anxious mind, the dark situation pushes his, our intimacy with him away. So he's saying, if you bring me in, it closes the gap between your anxiety and what can bring you peace. I don't, I don't know about you, but I often, when I'm in dark places in my mind, um, and it happens. And it's happened throughout the last two years, worry and stress about how's church going to be? What's, how's it going to affect my family? How's our health going to be in certain things? Um, do you know what I do? I stop taking phone calls from friends. I just send them the voicemail. I just don't want to talk that into me about what's going on. I put on my headset and I withdraw, which just isn't who I am, but that's what I do because I don't want to talk about it, but that keeps me in the darkness. That keeps me in the darkness. It keeps me in shame. It keeps me in guilt. It keeps me powerless because I can't be set free from something I'm not willing to address. I, I can't, I can't expect the light to liberate me when I keep myself in the situation in darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. It's in Him. It, it's what happens with, with Cain. Do you remember? Cain is, is, is there and he's all depressed. God shows up and says, why, are you, why is your soul so downcast? And he says this, sin is crouching at the door. Yeah. Woo! Mm. When we are downcast, we have to understand There are two, there's a doorway, and there are two things at the door. One is Jesus knocking, wanting to come in, and the other is sin crouching like a tiger ready to destroy. What are we bringing into the situation with us? It's not the denial of a situation, it's what we bring into the situation. This week at Forge, versus our men's discipleship, we're going to be talking about a verse in 1 Peter 3.11 where Peter says, seek peace and pursue it. Right. Seek peace and pursue it. Both of those ver- verbs, by the way, are both action verbs and commands. He doesn't say, hey, here's a good idea. When you're a little upset, you might want to think about how to find some peace. He said... When you're in anxiety, you got to run after it, seek it, it's a command, go for it. If I have to seek something and pursue something, then peace cannot find in the absence of something. It must be found in the presence of something. If it was in the absence of something, he would say, run from it, flee from it, right? We have to flee from evil. We have to run from sin. He says, pursue after peace. That means it can't be found in the absence, but in the presence of Something and I love that he's quoting Psalm 34, which is David. David is going through an anxious time. He's he's got some worry. Matter of fact, he pretends he's crazy because Saul is after him, an enemy is pursuing him. Something he can't overcome in the natural is against him, and he's going through this mental challenge. And he writes the psalm and he says, "But I know I've got to pursue peace." And do you know how he finds peace in that situation? He goes to the high priest, Emelech. And he says, I'm in a bad place, you got to help me out. I'm in a bad place, you got to help me out. Emelech says, well, all I've got here is the bread off the communion table, off the table of showbread that comes from the presence of God. All I've got is the bread from the holy table and all I've got is this sword over here that killed Goliath. He said, let me give you both of those two things and when you walk away, my friends, in the midst of the fire of tribulation with the bread of life in one hand and the sword of the Spirit in the other, there is where victory takes place. It is not in the denial of a circumstance. It is in the presence Of the bread of life. What the high priest can bring. It's what the high priest can do for you. In the midst of that. The high priest didn't say. Saul's not after you. The high priest didn't say. You know what David. Just pretend that you're the king. He said man there's something you don't have yet. And you can't do it on your own. Let me give you the bread of life. And let me give you the sword of the spirit. That destroyed the enemy. And there will be freedom. Sometimes, when we're in the fire of tribulation, we need the sword of the spirit. There's an old saying in Tennessee: "I hate snakes." Can I get an amen? Somebody say amen. I, I, snakes are of the devil, man. They just are. They're not part of creation. No, that's not. That's bad theology. They are part of creation. <laughs> just horrible. But when, when there's there, there a lot of snakes in the woods in Tennessee, and, and I heard a farmer say one day. That uh, the way to kill snakes is not to go after them, but to set a fire in the brush and let the snakes slither out to you, and then you whack their heads off. And I thought, man, maybe that's why God sends tribulation sometimes to our life. Maybe he's just setting a little fire in the brush, because there are some snakes hidden in our gardens. There are some things slithering around that we have been ignoring for too long. And the fire is the one that keeps them out. But stay with me. If I deny that the snakes are there and I'm not paying attention to the fire and what's coming out of it, that snake's going to bite me. The poison's going to get in me, and I'm going to die, and that's what happens when we live in denial, when we go through anxiety. God is setting the fire. We're ignoring the fire, thinking that if I ignore the fire, then I'll feel better about my life. All the while, the snakes are coming up behind us that the tribulation has been getting out of us, and they're biting us, and we get poisoned with bitterness, and with offense, and with guilt, and we lose intimacy with God, and intimacy with one another, and we're embarrassed to show up in church, because after. After all, nobody's marriage is like mine. I mean, everybody's marriage in here is perfect. (laughs) Is it just me who's been bitten by the snake? That's what happens when we live in denial. The fire's been set in the brush so that when the snake comes out, we whack it with the sword of the Spirit. We said, but the word said, oh no, I know how I'm feeling. And man, when the snakes come out, I get scared. We saw a snake in Florida. Good luck, baby. See ya. I was on the other side of the road. I know my emotion is to run, but the word says. But the word, it is not getting us to feel better. It is getting us to be better. That's where faith comes into this bad boy. See, peace, my friends, is not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of the supernatural well-being of the presence of Jesus and the word in the midst of it all. Peace, rené in the Greek, kind of means uh, an enemy. somebody who once was your enemy fighting against you is now fighting for you. And that's beautiful when we think that God is now fighting for me. But in this situation, the word Jesus probably used, because he was a rabbi talking to his, disciple, his disciples at that moment, was probably the Hebrew word, shalom. He said, shalom, I'm going to give you. Shalom doesn't mean the absence of conflict. Mm. Shalom means holistic well-being. Complete wholeness. Mm. He said, yup, tribulation's coming, but in my presence, I can bring wholeness. That's why Jesus said earlier in this, that he built off of this in John 14, 27. This whole, this is one big conversation. 13, 14, 15, 16, one big conversation. 14, he had already said to them, my peace I give you. I don't give like other people give you. I don't give like the world gives you. The peace I give you is attached to me. But when I get dark... I send the intimacy to voicemail. When I get dark, I put on the headphones, and it ain't worship, and I withdraw into my dark spiral. But he said, it's in his presence I can find fullness. Here's the truth. We're going to close in just a couple of minutes, but let me just give you the big picture. Jesus' disciples, you are not alone. If you, if you struggle with anxiety today, you are not alone. You're in good company, because there were 12 other cats that walked with Jesus that had the same problem. Right. Jesus' distru- disciples struggled to find peace in the midst of the situations they faced. There was denial, abandonment, disbelief, isolation in an upper room. There are attempts of self-protection and self-preservation. Peter thought denying his reality when he was threatened in the courtyard would bring him peace. It didn't. Thomas thought that holding on to preconceived ideas about God and Jesus and the supernatural and himself after the resurrection would bring him peace. It didn't. One of the disciples runs away from the garden naked, the Bible says he left, he was willing to leave his robe behind when he got accosted by one of the guards. He would rather be naked and running away than to know that he could find peace even in the midst of the most embarrassing situation. Each and every one of those people thought that they could, could, if they could control the situation around them, they would find peace peace. And they didn't. They were wrong. Every time. But then Acts chapter 2 happens. But then Acts chapter 2 happens. Amen. But then Amen. Acts chapter 2 happens. Amen. And the Holy Spirit fills each and every one of them. By the way, by the way, by the way, they were not, not in an anxious situation. Just so we're clear, because Pentecost sounds so awesome. This is how we preach it, by the way. They were all together in the upper room. They were in one accord. They were together in unity. You know what they were doing? They were hiding. Because they were afraid that they were going to get called out, that they were going to be crucified next. They found the only people they could trust, and they got together in a room and hung out. And they said, at least if I'm with the same people that are going through what I'm going through, I'm okay. Oh. And God said, you're not okay. The only thing that's going to make you okay is when I show up in the room in such power that you get out of the way and I get fully in the way. The Holy Spirit shows up and their lives begin to change. Now everything's different. Because something different came into the situation. It wasn't the absence of something. It was the presence of something. It wasn't the absence. If I could just get this thing off my plate. If I could just get this situation to go away. If I could just get my boss to understand. If I could just make sure my kid would come back home. If I could just, if I could just. It was not the absence of something. It was the supernatural presence of something that filled them up and changed everything and that same peter how do i know that it works because that same peter this time When he was faced with an either bigger crowd that could have made him even more anxious, stood up. And instead of denying Jesus, proclaimed that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to get to the Father is through Jesus. And he proclaims to the crowd the truth. He didn't back down. He actually stood up. He didn't try to medicate himself emotionally. He spiritually eradicated the anxiety by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when he was baptized in the Spirit... Everything changed. Now listen to me. Just stay with me for a few more moments. Baptism in the spirit is not a magical charm. We were talking about this week. It's not like I get baptized in the spirit. I'll never be anxious again. I'm good. Went to church this week. I got it. I'm good. I'm anxious too. <laughs> because just a few chapters after Acts 2, this non-axious Peter Gets anxious again about eating with Gentiles, and he stops eating with most of us. Anxiety got him again. But the Word corrected him, and he corrected his course. The presence of the Holy Spirit, my friends. This is why Jesus says it over and over and over again. Look, you're going to go through this stuff, but I'm going to send the Comforter. You're going to face anxiety, but I'm going to send the Counselor. You're going to face issues of tribulation, but don't worry. I've overcome the world so that I can send the Holy Spirit. He actually says in this chapter, it's better that I go away than if I stay with you. That is insane in the natural. Because I don't know about you, but I'd feel a whole lot better if Jesus was in person standing here right now. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because when I go away, I'm not removing the tribulation. I'm just sending someone into your life who can speak to you in the midst of the circumstance. It'll be His fruit. Right? Galatians 5.23 It it, it comes from this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that brings love and joy and peace. It'll be his power he'll be the the counselor who can tell me we all need counseling sometimes we need human counseling and sometimes we need spiritual counseling but when the Spirit counsels you he raises the faith level of your life Romans 10 17 faith comes from hearing hearing the Word of God first John 5 4 says how do we overcome the world we overcome the world by our faith it's not our faith I got faith it's the faith in Jesus Christ Sometimes he leads you to people who can help you. Acts chapter 9, Ananias. Holy Spirit shows up to Ananias and says, uh, hey, there's somebody who needs help. His name's Paul. He's a little blind right now. He's going through it. He doesn't see everything correctly. So he needs a little counsel I'm going to send you to him. The Holy Spirit is what we need in the midst of this. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that actually connects us intimately with the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the great news, my friends, and we're going to pray for you right now, just we're going to pray for just you to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way. But what I love about this moment is that the Holy Spirit is not just open for the holy. It's open for everybody. The Holy Spirit I know many many of you like myself early on in my life were taught that the Holy Spirit was just for the disciples. Peter stands up in front of that whole crowd and verse 39 says this promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and for your children and for all those who are yet to come. I am one of those people that are yet to come. You are one of those people that are yet to come. Jesus was not afraid to talk about our mental health issues. He was not afraid to talk about anxiety because he gave us part of the answer for that which is to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that His life creates something different in our lives. Yeah. So
0: I just think that we should pray. I think we should pray because I think that there's people in the room that God wants to minister to and teach about himself more. We talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If we're saved and we've accepted the Lord into our hearts, we have the fullness of him. But what we're talking about is having the power of him released in our innermost being. So it has a voice to speak to us that's louder and greater and more, has more authority than the voices of anxiety and fear and concern and lack and loss. It's okay, I just think we should just sit where, stay where you're at. Just bow your heads. If you already have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, be praying for people in the room. Be praying for people in the room. It's a beautiful portion of God. That he longs to share with us. Father, I thank you for your greatness. I thank you for your purpose. I thank you that inside of each person you have crafted an assignment that you haven't given to anybody else. And with that kind of assignment comes great, weighted need. And Father, one of the ways that you've met that need is by giving us a piece of yourself, a piece of your spirit. And so right now, Father, as a house, yes, but as individuals, as believers who long to become disciples, we pray, Father, that you would bestow your gift, your language of heaven, onto people all over this room. It's as simple as asking for that, God. The language of heaven that you speak, the deep parts of you that speak, to the deep parts of us, spirit to spirit. God, I pray that you would loosen people's tongues in this place and that they would commune with you. It's not for us to show others, it's for us to commune with you and for you to commune with us. You embolden our faith, you embolden our joy, you embolden our intimacy with you when we speak the same language as you. So right now, Father, all over this place, I pray that that there would be a sweeping through of the language of heaven that you would unlock that for anyone who desires that in this place Jesus I pray that your sweetness would abound and that your language would be produced for the strengthening of your people oh father we thank you oh
1: father
0: we thank you God God, I pray that you would fill us with the language of heaven, God. The way that you commune, the way that you share yourself in heaven, oh God, may it come to your people here on earth. Every part of you is the part that we want. Yes. Every part of you is the part that we want, God. I pray that we would not keep any portions of ourselves in reserve. But, oh God, I pray that we would know that we are safe when we make ourselves known to you and vulnerable to you, God. I pray for a stirring in people's hearts that are on pilgrimages of the soul. Oh God, I pray that you would help each and every one of us live our life more in the light move us toward being able to say it is well with my soul because you have journeyed through something that has depth to it with us and you have brought us through to the other side not simply to let go but to accept everything that you are in your name.
2: how good is our God that he will not leave us alone that he didn't give us a philosophy or an ideology or a methodology to follow he sent himself places himself inside of us the Father the Son the Holy Spirit three in one Father's will in heaven being purchased by Jesus' action on the cross and lived out in our lives through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Father's rule and will in heaven that was purchased for you and I on the cross by the actions of Jesus is lived out by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy are you, Lord God. Let your spirit come, not by might, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit, says the Lord. Daddy, today we cry out to you because we need you. We need a fresh breath from you. Lord God, like the, the like the, the the bones in the valley that Ezekiel saw, we don't want to just receive the word and have a form of godliness. We want the breath to breathe on us so that we can live and live with you, live as you live in the power that you purchased for us. Today we overcome because you overcame. We speak to every lie of depression, every fear that tries to sow anxiety every, every, every moment of guilt that tries to produce shame Lord God every, every moment of remorse that tries to birth regret in the name of Jesus we give those things no ground in our hearts Lord God we uproot the soil we uproot the weeds Lord God we, we, we breathe a breath of fresh holiness into our life through the spirit of God Renew our minds, renew our hearts, renew our spirit today. You told us not to be drunk on wine, but to be constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So today, here we are. And my friends today, as we just get ready to close service, maybe you've never actually taken the moment to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've said yes to church, yes to being a better person, Yes, to cleaning up your act, but you've never actually submitted to Jesus in me, there's peace. Right here and right now, I'm just going to invite you, if that's you today, whether you've never done it or you find yourself far from Him today, can I invite you to pray with me today? We're all going to pray, but pray with me. Open the door of your heart to Him today. Sin is crouching, wanting to come in, but the Lord is knocking. And the Bible says if you open your heart to Him, He will come in. And where He is, there's peace and joy forevermore. If that's you, just say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I open my heart to You. I'm holding nothing back. I'm, nothing back. I'm, surrendering, my I'm surrendering my life to You, Jesus. To you, Jesus. I'm, asking you I'm asking You to forgive me of my sin to fill, Spirit, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. To breathe life in me today. And to make me new. And I'm choosing now and forevermore to live for your glory. In intimacy with you. Intimacy with and, I will never go back. and I will never go back. In Jesus' name, in Jesus come on, amen, amen and amen and amen. Come on, give God some glory. If you got a breakthrough today you're feeling like God has just done something hallelujah
0: and if that's the first time that that you prayed that prayer we want to help you
1: Mm.
0: we have something that will hugely benefit you we have two books available for free one's called The Surprise of Your Life and the other one is called Letters to a Gen Zer we have them right over here I'm going to have Pastor Rick wave give a wave to you he would love to meet you he would love to talk with you If you have any questions, if you just want to share a little bit of your story, just go over there and check in with him after service and just introduce yourself. And church, we're going to end service now, but we're going to take our offering. Uh, And I want to thank you, church, because last week, there was a noticeable increase in our offering. That always equates to you in the room, partnering with the word. And it matters so much because it is our finance that breathes life into this house. Mm-hmm. It's not just all on God. <laughs> it's, right. on, it's on our free giving. And if you look around you on the Ottomans around you, there are uh, offering envelopes and pens. You can feel free to fill that out and drop your offering in the kiosks. Those yeah, are the gold kiosks uh, at the exit doors. Or you can you can see on the screens, there's also electronic ways to give. But we just want to thank you. We thank you. We, we have purposed to put offering at the end of service. Um, if you had been with us before, s- offerings used to be at the front of the services. And we just found that we wanted to trust people to give. Yes. Because a lot of times, you know, a service ends and people are kind of skedaddling out the door. It can seem like an afterthought. But we wanted to commit ourselves to letting people treat the offering their tithe and their offering as their act of worship. Just yes. as much as your singing worship, just as much as you giving ear to the word, it's also your opportunity to give with your finance. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for embracing what this house is doing because that's how you speak Amen. back to us Amen. by how we undergird what we want to do as a house. So thank you for that. We're going to let you go now. And we're good.
2: Yeah, no, oh. I wasn't texting, I was giving. Um, <laughs> Before we go, you know, for me, growing up the way that I grew up, taking moments to talk about the baptism of the Spirit is an anxious moment. But His Word says, like I have to go back to His Word said, be filled with the Holy Spirit, constantly overflowing, and maybe that's a new thought for you, or maybe you want to know a little bit more about it, can I, Pastor Ron and Irene are right over here, Pastor Ron and Irene, if you just, after service, if you can just, if you have a question, if you have something that is saying, you know what, I, I just want more of the Holy Spirit, just take a few moments. It'll never be Kyle and Danielle who have the answers for your life. We won't, we won't be there for you every moment of every day. But the Holy Spirit will. So I'm just going to pray for you and we're going to go. Can we just stand up together really quick? Holy, holy.
0: Lord, we bless moms. Yeah, we do. We bless moms we right, now, right now, God. Every mom in this room says, oh, thank you, Jesus. I thank you for single parents, for single dads, for single moms, for families, however they look. Lord Jesus, thank you for encouraging them to put them in the middle of your word. There are so many other things that our kids are in the middle of that are placed there. Father, I thank you for parents who are being faithful with their children's hearts and minds and planting them in the house of God. I thank you that we as a house can surround them and undergird them and say, well done, well done, well done, and give ourselves to undergirding them. Father, I thank you, Father, for families. I just thank you for that, God. I thank you that there's children in the room that we live life with because they are being brought up in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus, I pray over these beautiful, lovely believers becoming disciples who just want more of you. Oh God, I pray. That that's exactly what you showed them this week—more of you—and that we would respond as much as we can to take our next step this week. Father, thank you for being with us, for choosing to be with us today. In your name, Amen. 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 Love you, church. Love you,
2: church. See you next week. Have a great week. God bless you guys.